Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a very beautiful and deep and powerful Chassidic discourse. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called At the time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to heaven, the Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on the first night of Shavuos, early in the morning, in the year Tavshin Chavhei, which is 58 years ago, and the Rebbe went on to certify and edit this specific discourse in honor of the holiday of Shavuos in the year Tavshin Nun Aleph, 32 years ago. So again, the specific discourse is based on what it says in the Talmud, that when, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to heaven, so the angels said to Hashem, what is this uh, person that is born from a uh, mother and a father doing up here in heaven? So Hashem said to the angels, he came to receive the Torah. So the angels said to Hashem, this beautiful treasure that you have, you want to give to a person of flesh and blood? Leave it to us here, angels in heaven. So Hashem turns to Moshe Rabbeinu and he says, Moshe Rabbeinu, you respond to the angels. So Moshe Rabbeinu responded and he said as follows, God in heaven, the Torah that you're giving, what does it say in the Torah? It says in the Torah, I am God, your God, that took you out of the land of Egypt. So did the angels go down to the land of Egypt? What is what, what, what do they have? What's their connection with the Torah? Further, what does it say in the Torah? You shouldn't have any other gods. So are the nation, are the angels uh, living amongst the nations of the world that serve idolatry? He goes, Moshe goes on to say, what else does it say in the Torah? Remember the day of Shabbos to sanctify it. So the you so he says the you do work that you have to rest. So it doesn't apply to you. Also, what does it say in the Torah? Um, like In other words, you shouldn't go ahead and be dishonest in, in business. He says, are you, are you doing business that the, the, these laws apply apply to you? Then it says in the Torah, you should honor your mother and your father. Do you have a mother and a father? What else does it say in the Torah? You shouldn't uh, um, uh, kill, you shouldn't lust, you shouldn't steal, etc. So he says to them, do you have any jealousy? Do you have the do you have the uh, Yetzirah within you? That was Moshe Rabbeinu's response to uh, the angels that Hashem told him to respond. So Rebbe says that in Moshe Rabbeinu's response to the angels' argument that the Torah should stay in heaven, he's pointing out two major points. Point number one is when he says, if you go down to the land of Egypt, is referring to the general, the whole idea of the Torah. In other words, what's the reason why God gave us a Torah? And God said, I am God your God that took you out of the land of Egypt. So in other words, the whole Torah in its totality, we received it because we went out of the land of Egypt. So in other words, since you didn't go into the land of Egypt, like you have no connection to the entire Torah. 
That's point number one. But then he goes on to say, and he mentions different commandments in the Torah, and he says that even the commandments of the Torah, you shouldn't have any other gods, uh, you keep the Shabbat, is only applies to the Jewish people and not to the angels. So there's those two major points that, that Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to underscore. Number one is the whole Torah doesn't belong to you because the Torah we got because we went to Egypt. You didn't go to Egypt. Point number two is that the specific mitzvahs don't apply to you. Shabbat so says, now he's going to ask a question. What was the angel's request? Leave the holy Torah in heaven. In other words, we know the Torah is the, is the physical Torah and is the spiritual Torah. What were they asking for? Leave the spiritual. They didn't need the physical. Give us the spiritual Torah. So what is Moshe Rabbeinu answering? Do you do any work? Then they don't want the physical Torah. They want the spiritual Torah. That's question number one. Question number two is, what is Moshe Rabbeinu answer in reference to the mitzvot? And those don't kill and... Um, and, and you shouldn't have any, any lust, and you shouldn't steal, etc. So what does he respond? Do you have any jealousy with you? Are you have any, are you, uh, have any jealousy with amongst you? In other words, since the angels don't have any jealousy, and they don't have an evil inclination, so you don't have to give them these commandments. So he says, seemingly, he should have said simple, that even these mitzvahs, and there's the materialistic mitzvahs, that has no connection with the angels. Like he says before, in reference to Shabbos and uh, honoring your parents, etc. In other words, the first part, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them, the Torah doesn't apply to you. And here he's making like personal. He's saying, do you guys have any jealousy? He's getting to the personal thing. He should have stuck to the same theme. That the, all these things don't apply to you. Not, not be, and without going into the details, you have jealousy, you don't have jealousy. That's the second question. So the is like this. The idea behind is as follows. What is the reason why God gave the Torah to us down here in this world. And there's two reasons. One reason is, because when God gave us the mitzvahs, is so that we can do the mitzvahs, in a materialistic level. That's point number one. So one reason why we have the Torah is, that in the Torah you have the mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs are done on a materialistic level. What's point number one? Point number two is that when you do the mitzvahs in this materialistic world, you transform the animal soul. So again, so point number one is the mitzvahs are given on a materialistic level, and B, to transform the animal soul. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu told them these two points. Do you do any work? Do you have an evil inclination? In other words, because why shouldn't you receive Because you're lacking these two things. A, you're not materialistic, and B, there's no transformation. In other words, do you do any work? So therefore, you cannot do any materialistic mitzvahs. And the same thing also with the second part of of, 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 of honoring your parents, etc. Do you have an evil inclination? Therefore, you have no. There's no transformation. So in other words, there's two reasons why God gave us the mitzvahs. One is to be physical, and one is for transformation. Both those both both those two ideas do not apply. What with the angels? Now, Rebbe goes in deeper, and he says like this. This that we say, again, we receive the Torah in mitzvahs in this world, which we physical, and also transform the animal soul. So there was this two components, even in the transformation of the animal soul, with, with Martin Torah, there's two, there's, there's two ideas. Number one is that when God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai, and he gave us all the mitzvahs, so what happens is through the mitzvahs, we go ahead and transform the animal soul. That's point number one. 
On the other hand, point number two is that by transforming our animal soul, that's how we, beca- we became ready to receive the Torah. So it works two ways. One is we receive the Torah in the mitzvahs, and through that we transform ourselves. And B, by transforming ourselves, that's how we're ready to receive the Torah. And that's why we count the spheres of Aymer before Shavuos. Why? Because the idea of counting the Aymer is to transform the emotions of the animal soul. And by transforming the emotions of the animal soul, that's how we merit to the receiving the Torah on Matan Torah. So now the transformation of the Sviyas Aymer gets us ready for receiving the Torah. So based on this, this that Moshe Rabbeinu said, you have a, um, a, 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 a Yetzirah among, among you, you have the evil inclination within you, which is the second point that Moshe Rabbeinu brings out. It's, it's similar to the same idea that you go down to Egypt. And it was the first idea that Moshe Rabbeinu said, that, that um, just like in reference to going down into Egypt, there's two components. In other words, we went we, in order to re- in order to in order to uh, um, receive the Torah. We have to go into Egypt first, and then afterwards, through receiving Torah, we transform form the world. So another like this: through the fact that we had Matan Torah, what does Matan Torah accomplish? No, it's on a spiritual level. When God came down on Mount Sinai and gave us the Torah, what He did was He drew down the revelation, like He said in the first commandment, When God said, I am God, your God, He revealed Himself. And through God revealing Himself, that was able to yank us out of the land of Egypt. So that's point number one. It was by God revealing himself that pulled us out of Egypt. And B, when we when we left Egypt, we were coming ready to receive the Torah. Like the simple analogy, like the simple understanding of the verse is, I am God, your God, that I took you out of Egypt. In other words, but God took, why did God take us out of Egypt? So that we should receive the Torah. So it works both ways. On one hand, we went out of Egypt to receive the Torah, and B, the revelation of Matan Torah, that's what pulls us out of Egypt. So I ask a simple question. What's the whole idea of Matan Torah? Like it says, I am God, your God, the infinite God is revealing himself. In other words, the essence of God becomes our God. So how is it possible that by transforming ourself, our animal soul, we're going to draw down Anoichi? What did we just learn? There's two components. On one hand, through us going out of Egypt, we're coming ready for Matan Torah. Through we count Matan Torah. One second, really, we're going to cause God to reveal Himself. God is revealing Himself. What? How, how can we? How do we have the power to create such an impact that God should reveal Himself? Okay. So the Rebbe goes on to explain these things like this. It's brought down in the Medrash based on the verse that says in the Torah, you should count to the day after Shabbat. And it says in the Torah, what should you count? Seven weeks, seven complete weeks, you should count. Now, where, so, the, so that's the verse says. So the Medrash says, when is, when is it complete? When, you know when the counting is complete? When you do the will of Hashem. So it's not just counting, you count one day, another day, etc., Anyone can count. Computers count. But the idea is, when we do the will of Hashem, that's when the that's when the weeks that we counted are complete. Now, so again, you, ha- you see, you have to have the component of doing the will of Hashem. And Rebbe has explained to many, many places, what does it mean you're doing the will of Hashem? Doing the will of Hashem means when you're on the level of Ahava, I'll say in Hebrew, I'll translate, Ava loving Hashem, with all your might. 
Like it says in Shema, the Chalavavcha, Chalashcha, Maidecha. So doing the will of Hashem means you love Hashem with your whole being. And what does it mean, you all might? It means without any limits. No, no limits, no restrictions, no questions asked. You love Hashem. Whatever it takes, you love Hashem. So in other words, what, so therefore, based on that, the Rebbe explains what it says in the Medrash, when is it complete? When we do the will of Hashem. In other words, that means practically when we do the will of Hashem in Sviya Sa'imer on the level of Ahava B'chomoidcha. So doing the will of Hashem means, again, doing, doing loving Hashem without any limits. That's called Oisim Rishonim Shemachim, and that's when the seven weeks are complete. And Eric brings out a side point, and he says, that to point out that, that in, in another place it's brought down, that what does it mean the seven weeks are, are complete? That the, they're complete when it starts on Sunday, right after Shabbat, it starts on Sunday, and it finishes on Shabbat. So that's complete weeks. It started the day after Shabbat on Sunday, and it goes for seven weeks, and it finishes on Shabbos. And then you have complete weeks. Which is different than we just learned. We just learned that it has to do the will of Hashem. So never explains you're gonna you really that not really it's a contradiction. In other words, that those years when the seven weeks of Shvir Sa'imer are complete, where it starts on Sunday and ends on Shabbat, so it's easier to accomplish the idea that we love Hashem without any limits. Now but back to the main point. The main point we're saying is that what does it mean? That what does it mean um, uh, count, counting the weeks? What does it mean it's complete? Then we love Hashem without any limits. So this is, seemingly you can say that the connection of Oisim with doing the will of Hashem again with all our might, with no limits, with love of Hashem. What's the connection with that with Sviras Oimer? Because what's Sviras Oimer? Sviras Oimer is a, a preparation for receiving the Torah. Now. Since in order to receive the Torah, we have to have the preparation of, of going out of Egypt. And the preparation has to be on two levels. One is we have to leave Egypt. That's number one. But point number two is we have to transform our animal soul. So since we have to leave and we have to transform our animal soul, so therefore you have to have in Sphere Soimer, besides the fact of transforming the emotions of the animal soul, you also need the spiritual work of Bechal Moedcha, doing it without any limits. Um, which, which that's really connected going out of Egypt. What means going out of Egypt? What means going being in Egypt spiritually? Egypt comes from the word of Meitzorim. You're limited. Going out of Egypt means no limits. So therefore, in order to, to come and receive the Torah, you have to have two things. You have to leave Egypt. Not just physically. It means you have to be living on a level with no limits. No, whatever, whatever it takes, you love Hashem. What does that mean, whatever it takes? That's Bechol Moedcha. And then you also have what? The transforming the, the transforming of the animal soul as well. Trevor says, one second, we have to understand. You know, according to this idea, in order to receive the Torah, what do you have to have? To leave Egypt. What does leave Egypt mean? No limits. That means it's Bechal Mo'idcha. Now, what did we learn? When is it complete? In other words, it comes out the main avoid of Sfer which is the preparation for receiving the Torah, is transforming the animal soul. And the avoida, the work of, of Mechol Mo'idcha without limits, is only to make it complete. In other words, till now what we learned, the avoida really is transforming the animal soul, and the icing on the cake is what, when you do without any limits. What did we just now learn? No, when is it complete? When you do without limits. That's question number one. <coughs> also, you have to understand, what happens in Matan Torah? Like we just learned. God himself reveals himself. The essence of the infinite part of God, without any limits, is totally revealed in Matan Torah. 
So therefore, obviously that's going to happen. God's going to be real without any limits. How do you prepare for something like that? You want to prepare in that type of way. You want to prepare in a way without any limits. But nevertheless, what we just learned till now, what's the main avoidance of transforming the animal soul? And in order to transform the animal soul is when the godly soul gets involved with the animal soul. And through that, you, you have the revelation of anoichi. So in other words, on one hand, we're saying is the main avoidance is what? To transform your animal soul. But on the other hand, we're saying is it's really about the infinite part. And if it's the infinite part, so why are they underscoring about transforming the animal soul? Okay. So now, the Rebbe is going to go into a very, very deep Kabbalistic idea to explain all these questions that we had till now. So the Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on what it says in the Prophets from King Solomon. It says like this, Kemayim ha'ponim l'ponim I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it. Kain leiv ha'adam la'adam Which means that when you're standing in front of the water and you look in the water so the expression that you have on your face, that's what you're going to see in the water. So if you're standing with a big smile, you're going to see a big smile back at you. If you're going to have a different expression, you're going to get that expression back at you. Kemayim haponim laponim, which means any expression that you show in the water, that's what you get back. So what does it say in the Proverbs? In the Prophets? Cain lave ha'adam la'adam. So the same thing applies with two people that you have one person approaches someone else and your heart is full of love for the other person. The other person is going to, is, is going to reciprocate that back as well. Versus the opposite. If your heart is full of, we're not going to say a negative term towards the other person, that's what you're going to get back. So just like by water, the face that you put in, that's what you get back. The same thing also with your heart with uh, 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 one person with the other. That's the simple verse. It's brought down in Chassidus and explains as, as follows. This that the prophet says, the heart of a person to another person, it's not only talking about two, two people. That's a simple shot. In other words, when somebody has tremendous love for another person, the other person's automatically going to have love back for that person. But it's also referring to the Adam HaTachtoin, the human being in this world, and who's the other person? Not a friend, but the other Elion, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, it's very powerful. Based on our work that we put in, which in Kabbalah it's called the Sarusa del Tata, the, the level of, 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 I'm talking the positive side, the level of love that we have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's the level of the Sarusa del that's what we're going to get back. That's going to be drawn down from the other Elion, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to us. What, what is that like? How does that, how does that work? And the answer is, Kamayim upon him upon him. So in Chassidus, it takes that verse and it says, it's not just talking about a person looking in the water and two people, but it's talking about literally us and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. If you are in tremendous love for Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem is going to give you the love back. Where does it come from? Kasim Kamayim upon him upon him. That's what's explained in Chassidus. Now, what does that mean? That the comparison of the heart of one human being to the next, or us with a Kaddish Baruch, with the other, other, other Matachtim and the other Ma'alyon, and the connection with Kemayim Aponim Laponim, the first part of the verse, I know this is very simple. Just like by water, the face, the image, the expression that you show in the water, knows this that you, this that you, this image that you put in the water, 
And as when you look into the water, what happens is in the water, it develops that expression that you put in there. And then this expression shines back at you. So the same, on a physical level. So the same thing also applies by the heart of a human being to another human being. In other words, through that the person does, which we said, you put in your effort um, down here to show tremendous love for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. What causes that to happen is God showers you back with love. How, why, how does that work? Because our work doesn't just stay here. When we have love for Hashem, it doesn't just stay here. It goes on high to the other alien, to the human being on high. And through that, that, that energy is created on high. And then that energy comes down back into this world. And to add, the Rebbe says, and the analogy of the water, that this, that the person looking in the water, you see the image in the water. So, it's really an illusion that that's what you see in the water. You look in the water, that's what you see. But in the in, in the nimshal between the way we behave in our Kaddish Baruch Hu, so it literally happens. It's not just in in in, you know, in the water. It's it's not tangible, but it's, but it's there. But it's much deeper. It's much more tangible when it, when we do our work, our love for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. The, the it literally is felt on high. It's not just that it appears or it seems that way, but that's and that's actually the way it is. Now, <clears throat> just like when a person shears his love from one person to the next, so it's not only literally, but it's also on a spiritual level. Like we learned, the human being down in this world with a Baruch Hu on high. So the same thing also applies to the first part of the verse. When it says, Kamayim HaPanel upon him, it's not only talking about in the literal water, but it also applies, now we're going to go a step deeper, it applies to the Mayim El Yoinim, the higher waters. So down here, in the you know, in Leva Adam, first we gave the analogy of two people, and we said, no, it applies on high. Kamayim HaPanel upon him, we were talking about one thing, the water, the physical water. Now we're going a step further, that the water is water on high as well. And as what is the water on high? The water on high is represented by, and I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, the pshitus of oirein soif shalamayla metzir adam, which means the simplicity, the purity of the infinite light of Hashem, which is higher than any image of anybody. So in other words, this that we're saying, kamayim upon upon him, so the example was, we're talking about, is water down here. But it also applies that the, 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 the water, the face that we show in the water, which water? The water of the Oyrein Soif, the infinite part of Hashem, from the highest level, there's no images there, just like water is, is, is neutral, so the Oyrein Soif is neutral, that's the face that we show in Oyrein Soif. What does that, so what does that mean practically? So when, 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 a, when the face that we show in the water, so to speak, on the Oyrein Soif, in other words, even though the infinite part of Hashem is pure and totally simple, and therefore there's no room for any type of uh, levels or spherot, etc., or even an image of spherot, because it's water, it's pure. But nevertheless, 
when a person does, and I'll, I'll use the Kabbalistic term, you do something which calls halas man. Man is referring to mayim nukvim, female waters. In other words, when you take the spheroids of chesed, gevura, tiferes, netzachoy, yasoy down here, and you bring it up, we're, kamayim upon him, upon him to the, to the pure, oyrein soif, the pure light, so what happens then is you literally create spheroids in the water. <coughs> Obviously, it's not called a revealed spheroids. It's called and it's called in Kabbalah in, in, in Hebrew. It's called Eser spheroids hagnuzois. They're the ten spheres which, so to speak, hidden in the water, and these ten spheres which are hidden becomes a source that afterwards the ten spheres shine back 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 down this world just like when you have on a physical level when you have the kamayim haponim kleponim the water that you the face you show in the water on a little level so you get back the face that you put in you put you get you get you get, you get, you get back the face that you put in so what happens is the same thing happens also when you draw out the spheroids chesed gvuro tiferes to literally to the source leponim to the pure oyrein saif so it it just it, it it creates that image there and over there obviously it's a much higher level esters agnosis and then it comes back down into this world into the spheres so I'm going to ask one second a simple question if you read the verse what does it say just like on a simple level the face you put in the water that's the face you get back so the chiddush is it also applies from a heart of a human being to another heart of a human being so in other words, what's more simpler to understand What's simpler to understand is that you have a, a thing of water, you put your face in, yeah, that's what you get back. The chiddush is, the novel idea is that it applies between a heart of one person to the, and, and to the other as well. That's the simple shot. So seemingly, just one second. What did we just learn? We, don't learn, we just learned a very powerful idea. That the face of the spheres that go on high, that's the spheres that come back down. So, the fact is, the if you if you wanted to um, measure, so to speak, the image of the face in reference to, if you had to look at what's what, how do you compare the image of the face in, uh, of the of the spheroids in, in in relation to the simplicity of the water, which we said is the oyrein soif, that's much more of a revolutionary idea. Then the 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 other um down here compared to the other Elyon. like like the Rebbe brings a classical line that says um, more than you can't compare the Asiya this physical world in reference to Atzilus it's very very far huge but nevertheless Atzilus in reference to Aryan Slave, that's much 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 more greater um, uh, 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 um, uh, a divide so how much more so this that we're saying through the uh, elevating of the lower waters which means basically looking in the water you create the spheroids in the Aryan Slave. that's a much greater novel idea than the other Matakta versus the other Ma'alyan but the fact is what does the verse say Kamayim Hampal him. So in other words, seemingly that what is what is more simpler to understand? Kamayim apanel upon him. But the fact is, the way it's explained the coin to Chassidus, that Kamayim apanel upon him is referring to <clears throat> the way we, the, the spheres down here look into an iron soif, that's a much greater um, uh, much greater idea than the Adam Hatachtan versus the Adam Elyon. 
So Rebbe Sosini, though you can explain this <coughs> with an introduction, that what is the reason why? When you look into the water, you see you see the image back. Why when you're looking at the water, do you see, whatever you're looking, you see back. Why is that? Because, because the, the, the water is a very, very refined and clear um, uh, 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 component and has no colors in it. So in other words, the water is totally pure. So because it's pure, you look in, so you have no problem to get something back, what you're putting in there. There's no obstacle, there's no, there's no friction. It's totally, it's totally neutral. So whatever you, whatever you put in, that's what you get out. However, when you look at something that already has a color or has a texture to it, so if you put your face in there, now there's friction. It's your, it's your image versus what already is there. So therefore... Kamayim upon him upon him that through the fact that like on, on a high level when you put in the the Allah's man the of, of, of the of the of the uh, image of the t- of the ten spheres in Aaron Saif, so you can say seemingly so that that's obviously much easier to accomplish than from a heart of other Malian to other Matakhtim because they're they're already they're, there's already stuff going on there. So seemingly you can say that. But the Rebbe says no no, you can't say that. Why? You know why? Because seemingly this that you say that something which is pure and clear, and like for example in the case of water, and th- that's why you see what you're seeing, that's only when the 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 colors and the thing you're seeing it's it's in the same from, from the same level so to speak. In other words, they either they're both physical, um, like for example the water and the face that's looking in the water they're both physical things, or if they're both spiritual. Like, for example, if you have a simple idea, um, of, of, uh, of, a simple idea, for example, whether it's the idea of chesed, kindness, or severity, etc. So both are spiritual things. So, in other words, in both physical, okay, they, 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 they somehow mesh, both spiritually mesh. But however, you can say that when it's totally two different worlds. Like, for example, there is an example. If you have an intellectual idea, so you can say the intellectual idea, you're going to paint it red, white, materialistic things. Or like to talk about materialistic thing and talk and, and connect it to ideas, spiritual ideas of, of spirit, etc. In other words, so since Oyrein Soif is so clear and so disconnected, not only from, from spheroid, but even from the concept of spheroid, because Oyrein means it's infinite, there's nothing, there's no spheroid, there's no possibility of spheroid, etc. In other words, just like a spiritual idea, which has no connection with materialism, the same would apply to the infinite part of Hashem, which is totally not connected to anything anything physical of a sphere. Because, why is that? Because a sphere, as powerful as a sphere is, it's limited to the sphere, whether it's Chachma, Bina, etc. Now, the Oyrein site is totally simple, pure, and you can't define it and, 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 and give it some kind of terms to it. And it's totally disconnected from any any limits. So how is it? So back to the point. So the question is, how is it possible that kamayim upon upon him that when you bring up, you elevate the the female waters of the spheres in in the in the um uh, you're in safe, you're gonna have you're gonna have the spheres there. Like hello, what's the connection? How does that work? So here's the rubric is gonna introduce something very very powerful, and he says like this. <clears throat> and Derek said, this is the explanation. Based on what it's known, that this that we that that is possible, 
and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate, that a isarusa delatato, which means an awakening from below, could go ahead and stimulate and draw down a that an energy from high. In other words, even a level of a Srusalayla from the level of Adam Elyon, a very, very high level, the level of Tzilus, there's no way you can explain logically and with reason how a human being in this world can, can, can ignite any attention from God. Why? Because we're finite and God's infinite. So therefore, there's no logical explanation that our spiritual work should affect any change on high. So how do we, how do we get God's attention? How do we get God's attention? Like, hello, we're fine at God's infinite. And the answer is, because this is what God somehow decided, and the term is called, in his machshava hagduma de'ak, in the primordial thought of Adam Kadmon, which is even higher than the world of Atsilos. We know there's four worlds, Atsilos, Bri, Yitzir, Asiya, higher than as Adam Kadmon. So when God's thought, is in primordial thought, of, of Adam Kadmoin, in that, in that very, very high level. <clears throat> so God over there decided that through the fact that, that, um, humans down in this world, we have the power to awaken energies on high in the world of Atsilas. So in other words, to, to recap what they're saying is, that the only reason why it, we have the power, the only reason why we have the power to connect is because of some reason God chose and he, and he allowed that we have the power to, 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 to reach Hashem and, and, and cause Hashem to draw down energy down here. So it's all starting, so to speak, Hashem gave it permission. Now, so from here we see, the Rebbe says, um, how much more so in, refer, in, in, in reference to, um, in reference to the idea of kemayim haponim alponim, in other words, so this, this, that, um, just one second, okay, this that we're saying kemayim haponim alponim, in other words, which means practically, that when we go ahead and do our part, halas man, which means basically we create, um, a reaching out with the series, up to, uh, which is basically the, the 10 spheres of Atsilas. So what happens is, we, when we do our work, we cause God to create a Susalela in the higher waters. And even in the purity and the, in the organic iron life, which is higher than the level of Adam. Why is that? Because that's what God shows. God shows in the essence of the of, of God, which is even higher than the level of water, that, that when we, when we do our part, God's going to go ahead and respond. So in other words, what does that mean? When God decided that when we do our avoidah, in Kabbalah it's called Allah Asman, we do our avoidah of the level Kamayim Haponim Elponim, we do our avoidah of our face, which basically means we do the work of the 10 spheres of Atsilas. What's going to happen is we're going to draw down from the high waters from high. So what happens then is there creates a connection that allows it to draw down the very, very powerful levels from high, just like, just like when you look into the water, that that's the image you get back. That's the same way when you do your work, you reach the higher level of air and safe, the infinite part of Hashem, and that comes down into this world. 
And what happens then is, not only does it come down, but basically God created that our work and the thing that we're looking into, even though technically we're finite and it's infinite, it's, 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 the same, it's on the same level. So therefore, so therefore what happens like this. When you have the awakening from on high that we awakened, on the level of what? Of Mayim. Kamayim HaPanim, El Panim, the water on high. Knows when we do our work of elevating the, 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 uh, the uh, uh, spheres from here, in other words, not only that the, the, um, that the, the infinite part of Hashem should be in the spheres, but even deeper is that the purity of the infinite part of Hashem that itself becomes spheres, which means it creates the tent, the spheres, agnuzois, literally just like water itself that you see in the water, what you put in there. Okay. Now, so just to recap before we go forward, what Rebbe is saying is very, very powerful, and he says like this. Okay. Just one second. Okay. Okay. So what happens is as follows. The reason why we have the power to create to create to create a connection is because God decided that when we do our spiritual work of Kamayim Hapanim, we do our work on the ten spheres, we have the power to reach the Pshitas, the simplicity of the infinite part of Hashem, and that draws down just like Kamayim Hapanim Hapanim. Now the question now is, Rebbe says, what's the reason that so to speak God shows that in order to bring down this energy from high, it should come through our avoider. Why is that? Why did God choose that the way it's going to work is we're going to do our avoider, we're going to do our work, and then God's going to, God, God's going to rain down tremendous blessings. Why is that? And never explains it this. Because the source of the Jewish people, as we know, the main work of creating the work down in this world is through the Jewish people. Because the, 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 our, our source of us doing the work is in Atzmos, the essence of Hashem. And like the, the, like the, the Maggot of Mizrich said, in, based on what the, it says in Chazal, that Yisrael, Olu B'Makshava, that the Jewish people went up on the level of, of thought, in other words, and he gives an example. If somebody has a child, so when you have a child, you don't just have a child, you love the child. So when you love the child, so even though you're you and the child is the child, but because you love the child so much, literally the child gets literally engraved into your brain. Now, so Hashem has a child, the Jewish people. Hashem loves us. And therefore, what, where are we engraved in God's brain, so to speak? Now, in reference to God, past, present, and future is all the same thing. So therefore, even before we were created, even though the love came afterwards, since but even before we were created, we were where where we engraved in the brain of in, in the in the in the essence of God, and that's why when God decided to create the world, so what does it say? Who did He consult with? What made Him decide to create the world? So it says, "But me nimlach sadikim with the souls of the righteous people." In other words, the pleasure that God gets with the work of the Sadiqim applies even before Hashem created the world. And matter of fact, because he, he looked at the pleasure He's going to get from our spiritual work in this world, that's why He chose to create the world. Now, 
<clears throat> so God gets tremendous pleasure in our work. When we pray, we study, we do mitzvot, and we struggle, and we still we do the right thing, God gets pleasure from that. Where does the pleasure reach God? It reaches not in an external place. It creates in the essence of God. In the essence above any revelation. So therefore... That's why God decided in his, in, his, in his will, even in the level, on all levels, that what should cause, that God should flow down energy into this world, that should come only specifically through our work. Why? Because since our work was to give God's, God's greatest pleasure, so therefore he chose, when we do our work, that's when he's going to shower us with all the blessing. Now, through that, so it applied to all the... Anytime we do any spiritual work, which is called in Kabbalah, halas, man, elevating the female orders, means we're doing our work. And we elevate, for example, the spheroids onto a higher level. So God chose and he decided that the drawing down of the infinite part of Hashem should be through doing the work of the spheroids. And the same applies in reference to the primordial thought of Adam Kadmon. In Hebrew, it's called Machshav Hakdum of the Adam Kadmon. Now, is this that God decided in the Machshav Hakdum of Adam Kadmon that the drawing down from high down to this world should happen how? When we do our work. Why is that again? Because the source of the Jewish people is in the essence of Hashem. And the essence of what? Of Adam Kadmon. And like everybody has explained elsewhere that this image of Adam Adam Kadmoin. What is that? That is the image of the Jewish people that, that, that was in God's initial thought of Adam Kadmoin. And through that, what happens is God draw down into the thought of Adam Kadmoin, which applies to all levels of creation, that any time there's a flow of energy, when it goes down from Atzillus, down to Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, and even from higher of Atzillus and Atzillus, what creates the flow? That creates the flow is through our work. So in other words, this is a very powerful idea, what they're teaching us. That any flow that comes on high, we're in control. We do our work, we learn Torah, we pray, we do mitzvahs, we practice, self, we practice restraint, etc. We cause an uproar and high where God sends down powerful, powerful blessings that only comes because we're doing our work. Why? Because God, that, because, because God originally um, created the world because he's, he's going to get pleasure from our avoida. So we should feel great. God literally gets satisfaction from our work. Now, okay, we're going to go st- now a step deeper. And everybody's like this. Now I'm going to explain the three different levels of the infinite light of Hashem. I'll say it in Hebrew, so we'll have a the three different levels of Oyer and Saif, which is higher than the Esther spheres, Hagnuza is the ten hidden spheres. In other words, so there's one level is the Oyer and Saif, the infinite part of Hashem, which is a higher than the Esther spheres, but it's after God shows that through our work, we can reach that level. Now, this level is also higher than the ten spheres of, of, of Gnuzais. Why? Because what is the ten spheres of Gnuzais? That is Kemayim Haponim Leponim, that created through our work. So the first level is, we're going we're we're to discuss now three levels. Level number one is the Oyer Insight, which is above the S- S- Spheres of Gnuzais, 
even though after he chose that when we do our work, we will create the Asasferos But the fact that it still wasn't created because we still do our work. So that's one level. The second level is the Oyrin Saif, the way it's on its own, before God, so to speak, chose that there should be the, the um, uh, and, and before God chose that we should do our work, so over there it's not possible to re- reach it from our, our avoid of Allah's man. And then you have the essence of the infinite part of Hashem that in there is source, the idea that we do our work. So now I'm just going to explain these three levels. Again, one level is Oyrein Saif, which is above the Esosphere Sagnazois, the Oyrein Saif on its, on its own, and the Oyrein Saif, which is a source that God shows that, that when, we, when we do our avoid, we should reach there. Okay, so now I'm going to explain it based on the introduction. He says like this. <clears throat> this that we're saying that you have the Esosphere, ten spheres, which are Agnuzais, they're hidden. So in this world, you have chesed, which revealed. But then on high, you have spheres which are concealed. So what does it mean when you're saying the ten spheres are concealed? Trevor says, in reference to concealment, there's two ways to look at concealment. One way is, it's, only, it's concealment which exists. In other words, take, for example, if you have a, char- a charcoal, like a black charcoal, and there's fire inside. So when you look at the black charcoal, you don't see the fire inside, but the fact is, there's fire inside. So even though it's concealed, but there's real fire inside. And therefore, if you want to take out the fire that's inside, you don't have to work too hard. Just blow in it, it'll come out. So if you, again, you have a charcoal, inside there's real fire, you don't see it, you blow in it, it comes out. So it's concealed, but it's very easy to take out. So it's basically concealment, but it exists there. Then you have another level of concealment where it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist on a physical level. Like for example, take for example, you have fire in a flintstone. So if you can break open the flintstone, you're not going to see the fire in there. But what do you have inside? You have inside the power to create fire. So since it's the power to create fire, you can't blow on it. Blowing is not going to come out. You have to actually bang on it. Bang very, very hard. So there's two different levels of concealment. One is where it exists. You have to just blow on it and bring it out. So it's a concealment that exists. Then you have a concealment which doesn't exist, but you have to actually bang it out in in order for it to come out. And like the example of of the Flintstone, and what does that mean practically in Koikas and Nefesh and the powers of our soul? That's the difference between the powers that are concealed and the powers which are, so to speak, embedded into the soul. Again, powers that are concealed, that means it's there but it's concealed, and powers that are totally deep-rooted within the soul. In other words, the concealment of, of the, 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 the powers that we have that are concealed, like for example, the ability to, to comprehend things. So that's a concealment, but it exists. In other words, you just got to use your brain, but it's there. You just got to activate it. But then you have the concealment, which are deep in your soul. Like for example, the, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and is, you have the potential if you really, 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 really work hard and and bring your brain brain out, you'll get you'll get something deeper. So that's called a concealment. Doesn't really it doesn't exist in a tangible way, but you can still get to it. Now, so that's the example of two types of concealments. Again, concealment which exists and a concealment which it doesn't exist. We have to bang it out. Like the example of the of the, of the charcoal and the Flintstone. The same thing also with intellect that you, that you just got to uncover versus intellect. You have to like literally bang deep to bring it out. 
And in reference to the concealment of the ten spheres, Hagnuzois, what are they? They're the concealment which is doesn't which is not in a tangible way where it's there. Why? Because this that you have ten spheres above the world of Atsilas, which means it's 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 hidden and it's concealed. Why? Because it's it's nichla, it's kol, it's totally part of the infinite part of Hashem. Just like the powers that we have in our soul, and just like the powers we have in our soul, it it it, it, exi- it, it doesn't exist in a, in a revealed way. You have to actually bang it out. You have to pull it out. So the same thing also. The essence of is 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 there in a very very deep way. Now. So we learned so far two levels of concealment. One level is it's it's there, you just gotta blow it out. And then it's a, a heavy level of concealment that you have to actually work to pull it out because it's it's nichlal, it's very, very deeper. Now what Jervis says, even this level, whether it's in the in the the, the, the ability to pull out fire from a flintstone, or the ability <coughs> to pull out something from the koyacha yuli from your intellect, or the esospheres agnuzais. Which are deep embedded within the Aryan Saif. Nevertheless, it is a something. The only thing is, the something is that it's a source for a something. It's not something you can tangible, but it's a something where it's a source for something. Like, for example, if you have the fire in the Flintstone, it's a source for fire. What, what existence is that it's a source of fire. So the same thing also. This that in the in the Flintstone you have the power for fire. So it's 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 something added to the flint. It's not the thing itself. It's added to it. The same thing also if you have powers which are inside your soul. So it's it's certain powers, but it's not the soul itself. It's external from it because it's a something that's outside of it. In other words, a step further. <clears throat> it's almost like a, it's a source for the reveal for reveal for reveal for, for the reveal part that comes out later. So therefore. The analogy of the of the uh, the powers which are in the soul to try to give that as an analogy for the ten spheres of Gnuzo is where does that where 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 is those ten spheres of Gnuzo? What level are we talking about? We're talking about the way the ten spheres of Gnuzo is are the ten spheres of Akudim, because over there it's a source for it to come out. In Akudim, you have the ten spheres, which means the source of the ten spheres can come out, but in the levels higher. Of, of Akudim, how can you say it's concealment do, that doesn't even exist? And it, but, but the, um, <clears throat> you can't say it's a concealment that doesn't exist because they don't even, they, they don't, there is no existence of it. No, there's no room for any concealment over there. In Akudim, you can say, yes, there's the ability it can come out, but higher, there's no ability, there's nothing there. Why is that? Because <clears throat> this that you're able to have. The ten spheres of Gnuzois, it's only a, a possibility. In other words, you could able to have the creation of ten spheres. But what happens if, you, if, if, if they never are created? It wouldn't be. And it wouldn't even be a source for the spheres. And there is a beautiful example, he says like this. Take, for example, somebody's name. This that we have, human beings, and every person has a name. Now, what happens if nobody calls the person with the name? They don't respond. But what happens when you call the person? So then the person res- responds. So when is the when, when is the person respond? Before you call the person with the name? No. 
before you call the person's name, nothing. It doesn't exist. When you call the person with the person's name, then he responds. So in other words, this that he's able to respond, it's called the yechoyles. It's a possibility. It's not a concealment that doesn't exist. Conceal means that it exists on some deep level, but it's a concealment. You have to really pull it out. If you never call the person's name, it never comes out. It means it has an ability. If you're able to call the person, then he's going to respond. So therefore, in the higher level of a kudim, it's called the yechoyles. Now, just like this applies to a human being, take a person's name, Ruvain, Shimon, whatever person's name, so the same thing also applies, this is a very, very powerful teaching that was teaching us over here, the same also applies to the description and the quality of what somebody has. For example, you call someone a chacham, a wise person, or you call somebody a chassid, a, a, a kind person, etc. So what happens when you call someone a chacham, or you call someone a chassid, what you do is you literally awaken the power of chachma, of intellect, or the power of kindness that's within the person that should come from a concealed place into a revealed place, which is a very, very powerful idea. When you know, We all have the ability to be smart and to be kind and to be generous, but it's buried. But if you call someone, you're a smart person, guess what? The smart comes out. And if you call someone a kind person, the kindness comes out. And if you call them generous, the generous comes out. If you call someone capable, the capable comes out. That's the power of, of this one of the major revolutionary this. We have it. I mean, it's not revolution. It's telling us what exists. We have it. We just got to pull it out. The way you pull it out is by calling the person with the name. Now, it's brought down in Torah from the Alter Rebbe and in many, many Chassidic discourses that the ten spheroids, Hagnuzois, the ten hidden spheroids, there are actually ten names. In other words, that when you call the name of the ten spheres of Gnuzayis, that creates the sphere. It creates that reality. In other words, when God decided to create the spheres, so he, how did he create it? He created it by giving it names. Chesed, Chachma, Binadas, Chesed, Gurdz, Fares, etc. So by giving it names, he created it. But when does it actually develop into something? When we call it its name. And when you call it its name, that's when it gets created, that sphere which is associated with that name. So when you call Chacham, so then Sphere Sachachma gets created. When you call Chassid, that's when Chassid gets created. Just like when you call a human being. When you call a person a Chacham or a Chassid, so guess what? You draw in the level of Chachma and Chassid to the person. But the difference is by a human being, uh, when you call him a chacham or you call him chassid, so what you're really doing is you're taking it from concealed and you're making it revealed. Or for example, on a higher level, when you're calling it with a name, so you create the actual sphere itself. Because before you called the name, it didn't exist. Not even in a concealed level. Just like when you call somebody with a name, that that's when the person responds. Until then, there was no response. So the, the response is created by calling the person's name. And before that, there was no name. Okay, now. <clears throat> so again, so what do we see from here? That the esosphere sagnuzo is on the highest level. It's really a yechoyles that God gave it. When you call those names, it will come into, it will come into creation. And just like he gave the example of a human being. Now, 
We learned before that in explanation of the verse, that we start this whole deep Kabbalistic idea, is based on the verse in the prophet that says, Kamayim haponim laponim, just like the face that you showed in the water, and it's just like literally in water. When you look in the water, so what happens is, you all of a sudden see in the image of the water, the face that you're putting in, in, in there as well. And the same thing applies on the water on high, which we said is the pure light of the infinite part of Hashem, that when we do our avoidah of the spheroids, Kamayim HaPanim, Panim is our avoidah of the spheroids, into Eirein Saif, what we do is we create, we literally create, we draw out, we create the Tassasphereus Agnusites. Now, this that we do through our avoidah of Allah's man of the spheroids, we literally create the spheroids where? In Eirein Saif. Why is that? Because even before, it obviously has a connection to spheroids. Just like in water, this that you're able to see your image in the water, because the face, the physical face, and the water, so to speak, from the, it's from the, it's the same, same world. So the Kreber asked the question one second. <clears throat> what we just learned before, the SS spheres agnosis, the ten spheroids that are, so to speak, concealed, hidden, the face that you're showing is, is only the ability to call out the spheroids. But on the other hand, the infinite part of Hashem, which is higher than the Asasurus of Gunazais, knows the water that you, that, that's being, that, that, that's seeing the, the face, has some kind of connections. What's the difference between these two levels? And Deborah explains very powerfully, he says like this. This that we say, that something has a yachoylis, which means it has the potential, it has the possibility for something. Knows that yachoylis means it, it's possible, it can come from there. In other words, not that the possibility is the source of it, but the idea is that the essential, it has the essential possibility. Like, the difference between the power, power means it's there, and yachoylis means it has the possibility. But this that we're saying that the essence has the possibility is because in the essence you have the possibility that, that all these things should happen. Now, the connection between the infinite part of Hashem with the spheroids, in other words, the water to the face, is not only because in the infinite part of Hashem it's possible to have the spheroids. On the contrary, it's just the opposite. Not because it's in the infinite part you can have the spheres but on the contrary that the spheroids could be in the infinite part totally opposite it's not because the iron safe has it in the spheroids it's the spheroids that could be in the uh, in the infinite part of hashem because the iron safe who said there's least spheroids but on the other hand the spheroids could could be in the iron safe if you do if you do the work now one second seemingly you're going to say this is a downgrade for the infinite part of hashem why because in the infinite part of Hashem, what, is, what does he have to do with spheroids? Spheroids is a finite thing, this level, that level, etc. Or like, for example, we gave the example before, on a deep intellect, are you going to go ahead and use materialistic uh, analogies for it? But what does it mean? After God chose, God's the one that chose, like we learned before, that he should allow that when we do our work with the spheres in this world, then we'll have, then we'll be able to reach him, even in Orient Saif. 
In other words, the 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 when we do our work of halal we do our avodah of the spheres into this world. We're able to reach literally in the highest level of, of Hashem, and not only that, it reaches it, but through that, we can actually draw down from Eir and Seif in this world. So therefore, our connection with the infinite part and the spheroids, which happens through our avodah, that's something which is connected. In other words, the idea is that in the Eir and Seif, it's possible to have the 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 image of the spheroids. So therefore, the ability to have spheroids in the infinite part of Hashem, you knows it could have spheroids in potential, and that's why it's called actually spheroids. And that's why it's called the Esosphere's Agnusa, the hidden ones. And it's, it, it, the, the expression that's used is that it's a, um, the, the, that, um, that he uses those ten names. Not only that, that this, that in the infinite part of Hashem, which basically you have the ability, possibility for spheroids, it's not only because of the infinite part of Hashem, but it's actually because God gave the power that when we do our work, we can awaken within the Eirin Saif that potential for the spheroids. Now, this, so to speak, a, a downgrade in the iron slave that, 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 that our avoider can reach it, um, it's not because it's something new, but it's literally part of the infinite part of Hashem. Just like in the water, that what's shown in the water, it's literally part of the water. And what they're saying is like this. It's a, it's a fine, deep point they're bringing out as follows. When you look in the water, the water doesn't have an image, but once you look in the water... What, what's, what, 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 what you do see in the water is the image. So really, it's not something external of the water. It, it's literally part of the water. The same thing also when the Esospheroes reaches iron Soif, and all of a sudden you create Esospheroes and Gnusoes, it's not something external to the Esospheroes. It's embedded within the Esospheroes that, that we pull out through Yecholos. Now, it's brought down the Chesedic Discourses that the face that's shown in the water... <coughs> Where is the face coming from? It's coming from the face that's looking, but not from the water itself. So therefore, it's something which is totally separate from water. Um, <clears throat> it's not something which is separate from water, but it's actually literally part of the water itself. Because if the face was coming from the water, so then it would be, t- then it would be a separate entity. Just like, for example, you have in the water, you have fish. Fish is not part of the water. There's the water. The fish hang out in the water. But... <clears throat> The face that's in there is not coming external from the water. But literally, it's the water itself. So the same would apply in, in, the, in, the, in the Nimshal. And it was this that in the infinite part of Hashem, the Oyer and Saif, you have the ten spheres which are hidden. And has that happen? It happens through us doing our avoidal of the spheres down here. And something that's created from Oyer and Saif. We're the one that, that started the process. So therefore, it's not totally something which is disconnected or separate, but it's literally part of the Aryan Saif. So therefore, in the Esther Sphere Agnosis, there's two important points. On one hand, on one hand, on an external level, it means it has the ability to be spheres, because it's hidden, it has the ability, and internally, it's literally the Aryan Saif. Two very, very important points in the Esther's Gnosis. Again, in one hand, it has the ability to be the spheroids, and the other part, it's literally, it's part, part of Aryan Saif. Now, we learned before that when we say, in reference to water, the face you show in the water, that's what you get back, and there's two points there. In other words, 
the fa- the image that you show, that's what goes in the water. And once that, that image is in the water, it gives it back to the person. In other words, you put the image in, and then the image comes back to you. So the same thing also applies us here as well. When we do our work down here with Esospheres, which is the Esospheres of Atzillus, and that becomes the face which goes into the Aryan slave, which creates the Esospheres of Gnosis, and then that comes back into this world, and that becomes the Esospheres of Atzillus as well. So it goes like 360 back. In other words, the idea of the 10 spheres, which are revealed in an internal way, what is that? The 10 spheres is a revelation of what? Of the Esospheres of Gnosis. Just like the example, the face that you show in the water, which comes back full circle. So based on this, Trevor explains beautifully, and he says like this. The image that you're seeing in the water, what is it? It's the water itself. So therefore, the Kamayim upon him, the face that we're putting, which is the from our part, the ten series of Tzilos, which is a revelation now of the higher wor- high words. So, what is the internal part of the, of the of the ten series? It's actually literally the purity of the infinite part of Hashem. So, based on this, Rebbe explains why it says Kamayim upon him, upon him. Again, because now we have a whole different deep, deep insight. It's literally kamayim upon him upon him. When we when we put in the esospheres, we reach the esospheres of gnosis, and we bring in the most powerful part in here. Um, that's why it says Cain leva adam la adam. Why is that? Because just like the the water is referring to what the purity of the infinite part of Hashem. How does it get created? When we do our avoid of Allah we create the ten spheres, the way it's on a high level, and then it comes back down to this world. So the question is like this. Seemingly, why is it when you look in the water do you see a face? Because it's clear. However, when you look in something which is which has a color, a piece of wood, you can't see yourself because the, the, the physical and the uh, materialistic and different colors blocks, blocks who you are. So the image on high of the Adam Elyon really shouldn't allow the image of the Adam Atachtain. Cain leib Adam al Adam. What do you mean, Cain leib Adam al Adam? By Mayim upon him upon him, it makes sense. Why? Because it's clear. So you, you, whatever you put in, that's what you get out. But leib Adam al Adam, there's a human being, another human being. How are you getting it back? How are you, how are you creating the, the image back? And the answer is like this. When we do our spiritual work, what happens is, what gets revealed is, the internal part of the Adam Elyon. Even though the Adam has an image, when we do our work, it's revealed the internal part of the Adam Elyon. Which, what is that? That is the ten spheres of Atzillus. And what is the ten spheres of Atzillus? That's the revelation of the ten spheres which are hidden, which the face that was seen in the water. And literally, it's what's, what's, what's actually the internal part. It's literally the infinite part of Hashem. And when we reveal, through doing our work, the internal part of the Adam Elyon, which is basically the purity of Aryan Saif, then you're able to have the simplicity of Adam Atachtain. So the Rebbe is explaining beautifully, saying like this, 
in seemingly, it's much easier because there's nothing blocking it. And the Chiddush is that even Leib Adam Adam, you also have the image of Adam Elyon in, in, in one and the other. Why? Because if you look in the internal part of Leib, of, of the Adam Elyon, it's the Esosphere of Tzils, it's constant Esosphere of Gnudah, which is pretty and safe. So ultimately, the internal part is totally clear. So based on this, Rebbe explains that the the, uh, the idea of a kamayim upon him upon him, the face that you show in the water, is also a reason, an explanation why that the heart of of other, uh, other the person down here reaches other Elin Yomayla. Why? Because what's the idea of the face that you show in the water? That the face is seen in the water, and it comes back in the revealed spheres. We're, and it's the same as as the as the image on high. Literally, it's one. It's the it's the simplicity of the Imperat Hashem, and that's why the the heart of of Adam uh, Adam which means the Adam Elyon, which becomes a image for the Adam Atachtin. Now, to take a step further, it says, based on what we explained before, that this that Hakadosh Baruch Hu decided that all the flow of energy from on high. How should that happen when we do Aravoida? Why is that? Because the source of Aravoida is where, like we learned, is in the essence of the infinite part of Hashem, which is higher than the light, the way it's on its own, and higher than before Hashem decided the, um, uh, <coughs> to, to, to um, that we should, that our, about Aravoida. That means that the, our essence is connected to Hashem. So basically, Rebbe says, besides that, when a person does Aravoida, what gets revealed is the internal part of the Adam Elyon, which is literally one with the infinite part of Hashem on the level of water. In other words, the, the light that has no has no has no image or no form, just like water, literally. That when you look in the water, it's totally clear. So when a person does, you do our work in this world. You what you draw in is the revelation of the infinite part of Hashem, a higher than um, any level of light. Now, so what do we see from here? The main thing is to do our avoda, to do our our work, because our work will create kmaim upon him upon him. Which will draw in the high level, and that will create a leva adam laadam. So the Rebbe explains, and he says like this: the spiritual work that we do, that through our work gets revealed the internal part of adam elyon. What is that work? We have to know what we have to do, and that work is the work of, and I'll say it in Hebrew: biru nefesh bahamis, transforming our animal soul. Our work is to transform our animal soul. We have an animal soul; we have to transform the animal soul. Why is that? Because this, that the ten spheroids that are revealed, and those on an external level, it's something like separated that were created, so to speak, from the the, the ten spheroids which are hidden. What, what, where, where does that come from? The added separation. It comes from in Kabbalah. It's called a parsa, which basically is the is the, the the separation between the ten spheroids which are hidden and the ten spheres which are revealed. That's the creates the separation. That's why these are concealed, and that's why it's revealed. It creates a, uh, um, a, 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 a blockage. But when we go ahead and we transform our animal soul, what we were actually doing is we're actually refining that uh, division between above Atsilos, which is basically the ten spheres of Galois, and Atsilos, which is basically the, the, the ten revealed spheres. 
And when we do that, what, what gets felt in a real way that the ten spheres of Atsilas is the revelation of the ten spheres which are hidden. And like we learned before, that the, the face that's in the water, that's what gets shown to the human being. So our void that has to be what? To transform our animal soul. And to add, Rebbe says, when we go ahead and we transform and refine our animal soul, what we do is not only transform the high division between above Atzillus and Atzillus, but any division, any blockage from any level gets totally wiped out. And not only that, we even transform and refine the first concealment, the first symptom. And through that, what we, what we do is we create a union between the ten spheres which are revealed, with the ten spheres which are concealed, with all the levels of the ten spheres, even the ten spheres which is from before the symptom. And the same thing is the opposite. That when a person goes ahead and transforms his animal soul, so we actually transform the, the barrier between the world of Atsilus and Biyah, and the main concealment is actually through this division, and through that we create the union between the other matachta, the human being down in this world, and the other manabli in our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And through the avoida, uh, we're able to... Um, <clears throat> so that's the avoida of tra- transforming the animal soul. That gets away the blockages. But the spiritual work that we do, that we cause to draw in the revelation of the essence of Hashem, that comes from the neshama, that comes from the work of the soul, which is higher than being involved in the body, praying, studying, doing mitzvahs, connecting to Kosh Baruch Hu. And that's, what is that called in Kabbalah? It's called the avoida of ruusa deliba, our hearts on fire. So one avoida is transforming the animal soul. That takes care of the blockages. But what brings in the light is ruusa deliba. In other words, when a person does a spiritual work, we draw in the essence of the infinite part of Hashem that comes from our soul, because the fact is our soul was all of Machshavos on, on the highest level, and that's why this comes specifically what through the avoda of the Rus Liba. Now, the finish up and he says as follows: What was the novel idea, the major accomplishment that took place in Matan Torah on the first time, and the same thing also Matan Torah every single year? Two things happened in Matan Torah. One is got drawn in the essence of the infinite part of Hashem to the Jewish people, like it says clearly, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. The Anoichi Hashem himself got revealed to the Jewish people. And it came down how this revelation comes through roofs of Libra. When we do our, our work around fire, we love Hashem, that brings in the light. That's point number one. Point number two is we nullified the, the, the decree and the barriers between higher and lower on all levels. And how do we take away the barriers? By transforming animal souls. So again, there's two things that happen. One is bringing in godliness through Rus Diba. One is breaking the barriers. That comes through transforming animal soul. So therefore, in, the, in, in Sphere Soimer, which is a preparation for Matan Torah, you have to have both things. One, you have to have, you have to transform your animal soul. And the second thing is you have to have the avoid of with all our heart, with all our might, with Rus Diba. And that's why it says in the, per, the, the Torah, Uspartam Lachem, you have to count. From the day you bring the, the, the Omer, and it's, what's the idea of the Omer? What was the sacrifice that you bring for Omer? Like it says, you have to elevate the Omer. And we have to bring it up, to the, to the will of Hashem. What does the Tsoincham mean, to the will of Hashem? It's referring to Rusad Liba. We have to have, we have to be on fire. And when a person does, <coughs> Our rules of Liba, where I'm fire for Kaddish what we do is we create and we draw down the will of Hashem. And that is when it's going to be totally complete. 
when we do the will of Hashem, which means we do it with with, with our roots and liba, and this drawing the stand will be complete, and we're going to have the, um, the 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 ultimate and true c- completion. So here you have a very very powerful and deep Hasidic discourse on many many levels. But I think the Rebbe leaves us over a beautiful idea. We want to get ready for Matan Torah. There's two avoidances we have to do. One is we have to have work on our love for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. But we also have to work on transforming our animal soul. And like the like the like you saw in the Hasidic discourses that literally we have the power Kamayim Haponim Laponim. We do our avoida. We literally reach. Oyerin Saif, and we reach Oyerin Saif, we draw in the most powerful blessings. So it's really empowering to show us that we have the power. We do the power, we do our work, we can reach the highest levels, we bring in the greatest blessings, and hopefully we'll have the greatest blessing of the, the real Matan Torah with coming of Mashiach, and we'll receive the, uh, the greatest blessing from our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and God's willing, next class will be in your Shalayim Irak Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.